Hello and welcome to this special episode of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Today we have a very special episode of SBC This Week. It is a presentation that Ronnie Floyd made on Monday, February 17th, 2020, as he unveiled Vision 2025 for the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Floyd made this presentation at the Executive Committee meeting here in Nashville, Tennessee. You can find out more about Vision 2025 at sbcvision2025.com. Here is Dr. Floyd's presentation from that evening here on SBC This Week. Vision 2025 is a call to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. Vision 2025 is not simply a slogan or a rallying cry. It's a path forward to help us reimagine a new future together of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Every person, every town, every city, every state, and every nation. How can we as followers of Jesus Christ who have been forgiven of all sins and who have been transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sit idly by as if we do not have a commission on our lives that demands our souls, our lives, our all. We've been distracted far too long by all kinds of issues, debates, and at times, even conflicts. Now we are in one of the most defining moments in our history. We must change now. The stakes are high for the future of America, the future around the world, and for the sake of our own Southern Baptist Convention, change is imperative. We find ourselves today chasing after the winds of our preferences, our own opinions, our own issues, and our own streams of social media. These are the side streets that keep us off a of main street that always leads us to the final words of our Lord Jesus Christ upon His grand ascension. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How can we justify or rationalize before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ one day that we were far too occupied to adhere to the words of our Lord Jesus when He said, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Mark 16, 15. What has happened to us? That we are more motivated and passionate to retreat to the side streets that divide us rather than come together around these compelling words of what our brother named Paul, the apostle of Jesus, when he said, my aim is to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named. Romans 15, 20. It is time for us tonight in our meetings this week and in the future to begin answering the difficult questions found in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. How then can they call on Him on whom they have not believed yet? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. On Monday, May the 20th, 2019, which was nine months ago this week, I began to lead and to work towards this new calling and this new assignment in my life. And just days afterwards, I reached out to Dr. Paul Chitwood of the International Mission Board and Dr. Kevin Ezell of our North American Mission Board. I shared with both of them that I believe deeply that our Southern Baptist pastors and churches need to see us in all levels of Baptist life and leadership to walk together towards a unified Great Commission vision. A vision that is so clear, so concise, so compelling that any pastor in any church could easily grasp it, understand it, embrace it, and be energized to share it. The kind of vision 
that every associational mission strategist, every state commission executive director, and every leader of our national entities would believe in it and see the need to come together around it. The kind of vision that would be so simple and succinct, you could put it on a postcard. Or better said, and understand in the world today, a vision that could be seen on the face of your mobile phones. Let me be more than clear. I am speaking about a unified Great Commission vision that unites us. Yes, a vision, hear me clearly, that calls upon us to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. And this vision called Vision 2025 is comprised of five strategic actions that are clear, concise, and compelling. But the vision is also specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. I've shared this vision with our Great Commission Council comprised of the leaders of our national entities in our WMU. Their response to the vision last September expressed on their own was this. How can we enthusiastically endorse this? Southern Baptists have been wanting this and needing this for years through conference calls. I shared this vision with local church pastors, state convention executives, and with you as members of the executive committee. Additionally, in person last week, I shared it again with greater detail with our state executive directors who are our key partners in our gospel work that we do together. Each of the times I have shared it, I have stayed high in the vision and tried to not get lost in the details. Tonight, I'm going to go into the details a little further and I want to challenge us tonight to grab a hold of what we believe the Lord wills for us. We will then ask you to approve this vision and recommend it formally after we have a time of answering your questions, your concerns tomorrow morning, answering the things that may be on your heart uh, of what God is doing. And it's our prayer that when we meet in Orlando that we will be able to recommend this vision and that our convention will embrace it and for the next five years we will run towards this vision. Tonight, after tonight, it's all going to become public and we will spend much of our time between now and June to forward and advance this vision in every way possible so our messengers in our 2020 convention in Orlando will embrace it. If they affirm this vision, then it becomes the vision path that we advance and lead forward all the way through the year 2025. After I have reviewed this vision with you and before you leave this room tonight, the members of the executive committee and each of our guests who are with us, who are here, who all of us will receive a printed brochure before we go to take home to study and to pray about this as we go forward together. Here we go. Vision 2025 is a call to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. This vision is, reg is, is regional, it's statewide, it's national, and it's international. This vision is built upon the blocks of historic commitments that we've made together through the years, and it leads us to advance us towards the Great Commission. This vision is comprised of five strategic visions that will move us forward to realize this vision. Strategic action number one, increase our total number of full-time, fully funded missionaries by a net gain of 500, giving us 4,200 full-time, fully funded missionaries through the International Mission Board. So by the time we come to 2025, it is our hope that we see our missionary force across the seas to go up by at least 500. We believe one day in the near future, and I hope you believe it, I trust you do because you believe the Bible, that there will be a multitude from every language, people, tribe, and nation knowing and worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ. With 7.7 .7 billion people living across the globe, 
We recognize and know that at least 4.5 billion are unreached coming from 7,068 people groups all across the world. This means less than 2% of this 4.5 billion are evangelical Christians. Southern Baptist, how can we believe? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Did you know that by the end of the year 2050, two-thirds of the world's population will live in urban areas? Did you know that by the end of the 21st century, more than 80% of the world's population will live in cities? Urban missiologist Roger Greenway once said, win the city, win the world. I say to you today, to each of us again, how will they believe if they cannot hear about him and how can they hear without a preacher? You've heard Dr. Paul Chitwood quote this that every day, 155,252 lost people die. When we are able to increase our total number of full-time, fully funded missionaries by a net gain of 500 by the year of 2025, many of our missionaries will be training church overseas, churches overseas to send their own missionaries, and God will forward this good news through His people exponentially. Listen, friends, this number of 500 additional missionaries by the end of 2025 comes directly from the field to our leadership at the International Mission Board, meaning this is what it's going to take. This is what we need us to do. In order to see our missionary force grow by 100 missionaries annually over the next five years, this means that we must understand the challenge to accomplish this. Annually, we lose an average of 300 missionaries to attrition due to life matters such as retirement from the field, personal family challenges, or simply believe God is calling them elsewhere. Therefore, this means that an average of 400 missionaries will need to be appointed and commissioned annually in order to realize a net increase of 100 missionaries each year. Is this possible? Absolutely. With God, all things are possible. Strategic action number two. Add 6,000 new churches to our Southern Baptist family giving us more than 50,000 churches. Do you realize how much of a lostness problem we have in North America? According to leading missiologists, more than 75% of Americans, our friends, neighbors, and co-workers, do not have a saving faith in Jesus Christ. With over 329 million Americans, we know that in the Midwest, there is only one Southern Baptist church for every 12,431 people. In the West, there's only one Southern Baptist church for every 16,030 people. In the Northeast, this number grows even more to one church for every 31,049 people. Through church planting, church replanting, and church revitalization, as well as through the evangelization of the lost and the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, we can see a great awakening in our lifetime. And just think of this moment, this for a moment with me tonight, with more than 60 million Latinos in America, we only have 3,500 Hispanic Southern Baptist churches. Without a major thrust in reaching the Hispanic peoples across the United States through evangelism and church planning, how can we reach our nation with the gospel? We, when we imagine together adding 6,000 churches to our Southern Baptist family by the end of 2025, we know that this means that we need to add 1,200 churches each year to our family. Now, how will we do this? Our goal of adding 1,200 churches annually will look something like this. Approximately 750 new churches planted annually. 50 new campuses identified or added by our multi-site churches annually, and then 400 new churches affiliating with us annually. Now, what does all this mean? This means for us to add these churches annually, we will need more and more church planters who are qualified, identified, and then sent out to places where the gospel has never been before. 
This means that we need our multi-site churches to identify and notify us through our annual church profile of all the campuses that each church has now and will launch in the future. This means that hundreds of evangelical churches across the United States who believe like we believe and appreciate how we do missions together may want to become a part of our family called Southern Baptist. Already, approximately 300 new churches affiliated with us annually. And we believe the opportunity to expand this footprint is great in your region, in your state, and across our entire nation. And this also means that when an existing church sees a church about to close its doors, consider how God may want to bring the two of you together in order for the healthy existing church to replant the church who is about to close its doors. This newer initiative called Church Replanting is now seeing around 150 to 200 churches being saved and living again in their communities in a vibrant manner. Yes, the challenges in our nation are great, but the opportunities are limitless. Is this possible? I say to you again tonight, absolutely is possible. All things are possible with Christ. Strategic action number three, increase our total number of workers in the field through a new emphasis on calling out the called and then preparing those who are called out by the Lord. There is no one, hear me now, there is no one more committed to completing the great commission of Jesus Christ than Jesus Christ himself. And we believe our missional vision is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person in the world and to make disciples of all the nations. And this compelling call upon our lives to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation should give us absolute confidence that God is calling people right now in every church across this globe to surrender their lives to full-time Christian ministry. This call may be to serve as a local church pastor or to serve as a scholar and a teacher in a seminary or college. Or perhaps God is calling masses of people to be missionaries across the globe. We must return to the Bible and the words of our Lord Jesus when he said these words in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, listen to what he said, Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Jesus' instructions are clear. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send out workers into his harvest. Therefore, we are called to pray and we are told to ask God. Did you hear it? We're called to pray and we're told to ask God to send out workers into his harvest. As the church prays, God calls. And as God calls, the church calls out those who are being called. Regardless of the size of the crowd and the size of the church, God is calling people into the ministry of the gospel. Pastors, educators, evangelists, leaders, and missionaries are right now being called everywhere you preach to give their lives to the ministry of the gospel. I'm so glad that in a small church that I grew up in, having about 30 to 40 people a week, our young bivocational pastor who served us on the weekend stood fearless before us, calling out the called. His appeal is what God used to get me here in my life. Pastors of all sizes of churches stand boldly Sunday by Sunday. Issuing the call. Calling out the called. Preachers, teachers, evangelists stand boldly Sunday by Sunday and during the week wherever you are preaching, faithfully issuing the call. Yes, calling out the call. I did this consistently and almost weekly for the last two decades of my pastoral ministry. And I saw God do amazing things by calling out the called. 
In the year of 1914, L.R. Scarborough, president of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, released then his newly published book called Recruits for World Conquest. Now in my recent reading of this great book, Scarborough believed deeply that we needed more workers in the field. Therefore, he wrote about the call of God and the importance of calling out the called. Scarborough wrote these words. There's a human side to a divine call. God calls and man calls out. He goes on to write, the preacher who is God's agent in calling and training one God-called preacher or missionary will double his ministry. Now this weekend, I had the privilege of searching for about three hours and then I'll call somebody to do it for me because I did not know what I was doing. The 1921 annual of the Southern Baptist Convention. Did you know it speaks of a grand celebration of all God was doing? Especially in this initiative of calling out the called. Listen to what is written in the 1921 annual of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I quote, He has wonderfully unified, solidified, organized, informed, and inspired our people. The tides of spiritual and evangelistic and missionary power which has swept over our churches, bringing hundreds of thousands into the fold, the mighty vision which He has given to our people, the establishment of our sacrificial and heroic spirit, the deepening of the prayer life of our churches, and underline and notice the calling out of more than 10,000 of our young people in the spirit of voluntary service to give their lives to Him. Did you hear this? As a result of calling out the call, hear me now, in less than two years, of time, over 10,000 young people gave their lives and surrendered their lives to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, let's be honest with one another. Come on. We need more workers in the field. We need more evangelists. We need more pastors. We need more church planters. We need more scholars. We need more teachers. We need more leaders. And we need more missionaries. I ask you tonight, call out those that God has or is calling. You see, the doors are opening across the world for the cause of Jesus Christ. Will we think big enough and be big enough to call out the called? And listen, once they are called, they can choose one of our six seminaries to help them be fully equipped for the calling of God that has been placed upon their lives. Think about the blessing. And the president mentioned this a moment ago. Our six seminaries committed to biblical fidelity, local church autonomy, and the great commission of Jesus Christ. Each one of these men of God understand that ministry is not a job. Ministry is a calling. And they are giving their lives, giving their lives, giving their lives to this worthy, worthy, worthy thing to prepare the call of God. Thank God for you. And one of the proven ways God calls people to a life on mission is to go to the mission field while you're young in your adult years, right after college or seminary. That's why I am very excited about what we are calling go to. GoTo is a movement calling every single graduate and young professional to give two years to the mission of God, either with a church plant in the U.S. or on a missionary team overseas. I'm telling you, God is calling people to go. He is committed to the fulfillment of the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, here is the question. You answer it in your life. You know who asked it originally? L.R. Scarborough. Will we do our part in calling out and training those He has called? Strategic action number four. Turn around our ongoing decline in reaching, baptizing, and discipling 12 to 17-year-olds 
in the prime of their teenage years. Did you hear what I just said? Turn around our ongoing decline in reaching, baptizing, and discipling 12 to 17 year olds in the prime of their teenage years. In my years of pastoring local churches, I always had a passion and commitment to reaching, baptizing, and discipling 12 to 17 year old students in the prime of their teenage years. One of the young men God called out of our church's ministry recently talked with me about this vision and passion he had witnessed through the years that he observed my life and my ministry. This led him shortly after I came to Nashville to extend to me a, a luncheon invitation here in Nashville. His desire was for me to be aware of this great need and to ask me to consider addressing it any way I can now through this new calling in my life. Ben Trueblood is this young man. And now he serves as the Director of Student Ministry for Lifeway Christian Resources. <clears throat> Hear me now. After surrendering his life to the ministry called in our church, Ben began his student ministry leadership with us as an intern. And after serving local churches as a student pastor for over 14 years, he joined the team at Lifeway as Director of Student Ministry. His words to me in our luncheon meeting were these words, Pastor, I know how much you have always loved reaching teenagers for Jesus Christ, and I really feel led that I need to let you know something that is a real burden to me because I believe you could help us to see a turnaround in this area. In that setting, just a short walk from here, I asked Ben to share his heart with me. And with a deep burden, he began to tell me that grieved him greatly. And the more he talked, the more burdened I became. I asked Ben, Ben, send me any statistics you have to show me the reality of the situation. And I also immediately began to do my own research about it. And after receiving Ben's data and combining with my own research that I found out personally, I want to share with you today my heart about why I believe this is absolutely imperative that we'd see it turned around immediately and urgently. Hear me. Look at the screen. Did you know that the baptisms of 12 to 17-year-old students is down by 38% since the year 2000? Did you know these baptisms of 12 to 17-year-old students is down by at least 35,000 baptisms since the year 2000. Southern Baptists, we cannot look the other way. We cannot designate this addressed by someone else. Reaching and baptizing and discipling 12 to 17 year old students is imperative for the sake of the gospel. And this is our future and it's inexcusable for us to settle for this dismal decline. There are more than 25 million students between the ages of 12 to 17 year old right now. And with over 47,000 Southern Baptist churches, we reported only baptizing 57,552 12 to 17 year old students. In 1972, our largest baptisms of this same age group was 137,667 teenagers. By the way, I was baptized in 1972. And for your future information, we also had the same number uh, in that age group nationally in 1972 that we do right now in 2020. 25 million 12 to 17 year olds. Pastors and church leaders, please look at the last decade of what your church has done in reaching and baptizing and discipling. 12 to 17 year old students. I dare every pastor go back home. Whoever fills out that annual church profile in your church, you ask him to show you what that's like. What's your trend? Put it on a graphic and see where you are. And you know what? Let's determine now for the next five years if nothing else in my church grows 
by God's grace and through His power in Jesus' name, this must change and this must grow. To our Southern Baptist entity leaders and state convention leaders and associational leaders and all of our Baptist news periodicals, listen, please raise the awareness of this need and let's determine now that we will do all we can to see a turnaround in this area. Keep the spotlight on it and refuse to stop talking about it. Equip pastors. Equip student pastors. Equip lay volunteer student leaders how to reach and baptize and disciple 12 to 17-year-old students. Hear me, Southern Baptist. I really believe in what I'm saying. If we will focus on this age group and see a turnaround in baptisms for the next five years, we will turn around the entire baptism decline in all of the Southern Baptist Convention. Just turning around that. Just focus there. And I promise you, we will see a turnaround. We will also see during this same time period, more teenagers called into the ministry of the gospel. Surrendering their lives to the ministry of the gospel. In our local churches, to serve one day, or to go around the nations telling people about Jesus. Let's resolve together. Let's see this turnaround for the glory of God and the good of the church into all of the world. Furthermore, back on 1972, for whatever it's worth, those student baptisms, which is record-breaking, you know why this was happening? We didn't know it then, but we know it now. It was on the backside of the Jesus movement across the United States. And we need to pray for the next great move of God in America. And when it comes, it will turn upside down the teenage population across the United States of America and perhaps even the world. Strategic action number five. Increase our annual giving in successive years to reach and surpass $500 million given through the cooperative program to achieve these great commission goals. We're talking about $500 million collected by our state conventions, given by our churches by the end of the year 2025. The cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention is the financial fuel for reaching every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. Built upon the integrity of relationships and the spirit of cooperation, churches give resources voluntarily through the cooperative program in order to reach people for Jesus Christ regionally, statewide, nationally, and internationally. And listen, did you know that we are in the 95th year of giving through the cooperative program right now? Hey, listen, Southern Baptist leaders. <laughs> Let me just tell you some really good news. From 1925 through September 30, 2019, which is the first 94 years of giving through the cooperative program, our churches have given 19 billion. One hundred and thirteen million nine hundred and two thousand two hundred and eleven dollars through the cooperative program for the purpose of reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Ron. Let's give God praise. That's amazing, man. Ladies, that's amazing. Furthermore. From this $19,113,902,211 given by the churches through our state conventions, the states have forwarded on to our National Southern Baptist Convention Cooperative Program allocation budget $7,213,528,043, which has been distributed to our national SBC mission and ministry. Wow. Praise be to God. The church of Jesus is alive. Amen. This means historically 37.74% of our church cooperative program gifts have been forwarded by the states to the Southern Baptist Convention for distribution to our national ministries for the past 94 years. 
You see, the more monies our 47,500 plus churches give through the cooperative program, the more we can extend the gospel message through the United States, throughout the United States, and across the entire world. Sending missionaries is the heart of the Southern Baptist Convention. Sending missionaries is the heart of the Southern Baptist Convention. And the more missionaries we can send, the more people we can tell about the saving power of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to send more missionaries, plant more churches, revitalize more churches, replant more churches, equip more churches, equip more evangelists, equip more scholars, equip more missionaries, then we must prioritize our giving through the cooperative program as well as elevate our giving through the cooperative program and also accelerate our giving through the cooperative program. And when we do this, we will experience the greatest years of the history of our 175 years as a convention of churches. In the year of 2025, we will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention. It is our dream that in that year of 2025, we will see our churches give at least $500 million to the cooperative program. As a pastor, I saw this time and time again. Dollars follows vision. People give to vision. If the vision is clear, concise, and compelling, they will support it financially. And while I know this is true as a pastor, I'm also believing now that it's true denominationally as we collectively, all of us, call upon our churches to support the vision of 2025. If we want to see in the year 2025 at least 500 additional full-time, fully funded missionaries on the field, reaching people for Jesus and planting gospel churches and equipping national leaders, and if we want to see at least 6,000 new churches added over the next five years through church planting, church replanting, church campuses and church affiliations, and if we want to increase our total number of workers in the field through calling out the called and preparing those who are called, and if we want to see a turnaround and our own coin decline in reaching, baptizing, and discipling 12 to 17-year-old teenagers, then we need to increase our annual giving in successive years to reach and surpass $500 million through the cooperative program to achieve these Great Commission goals. Where are we now in our cooperative program giving? Well, based upon the first four months of giving to the cooperative program in this new fiscal year, we believe, based off the information we have today, that when we end by the year of, of uh, on September 30 this year, that, that we, will, we will give through our states around and all, if all goes well, around $470 million to the cooperative program, and we'll do it by the end of September 30, 2020. Now, what will it take for us to get to $500 million annually by the end of year 2025? I believe we have to forward this unified vision called Vision 2025. People do not give to a program. They give to vision. We need to advance it everywhere we go, from the smallest church to the largest church, every association and every state convention and every national entity. Vision 2025 is a call to return to the heart of who we are and why we exist. Missions and evangelism. That's who we are. And practically, we also need to see the cooperative program grow each year by 1.25% annually. Let me illustrate this for you. If we end the year, this fiscal year, September 30 at 2020, at 470 million, then that means 2021, we need to see around 475.8 million. 2022, 481.8 million. 2023, 487.8 million. 2024, 493.9 million. And 2025, 500.1 million. Again, this means growth through our cooperative program, giving by 1.25% annually through the year 2025. Now financially, the potential is unlimited. Our churches who are active in giving already need to be called upon, based upon this vision, to prioritize, elevate, and accelerate their giving to the cooperative program. But there are also other opportunities that I've got to illustrate for you. Did you realize 
From our 47,500 plus SPC churches, we know only 28,498 of these churches gave money in 2018 through the cooperative program. This means that an estimated 19,000 of our churches have no record of giving through the cooperative program in 2018. Let me go further. Did you know from our 47,500 plus SPC churches, we have record that only 18,883 of our churches gave money in 2018 through the cooperative program, through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for Indiana Missions, and through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American Missions. This means that less than 40% of our churches give financially to our three major mission and ministry needs, the CP, Lottie Moon, and Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Obviously, uh, this is a stewardship crisis. But a much greater, greater crisis is that it's a missional crisis. This is why our churches need to be called upon like never before to step up and answer the call. Vision 2025 is a call to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. And if dollars follows vision, then we need to forward this clear, concise, and compelling vision across our churches. And now's the time that we need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. We need everyone with us. For every one reason that someone can give me why they are cautious about prioritizing, elevating, and, and accelerating their church's gifts through the cooperative program, I can give you 10 reasons why you should increase your church's giving through the cooperative program. And I plead with you again, due to the losses across America and the entire world, we need more missionaries, more churches, more ministers and missionaries being called out of our churches and equipped to do gospel ministry that results in great commission effectiveness. Furthermore, we must cease divorcing the stewardship of the gospel being taken to the nations from our own personal stewardship of all the resources that God has entrusted to each one of us personally. Therefore, we should honor God with at least 10% of all that is entrusted to us and giving through these resources through our local church weekly. Furthermore, we also cannot divorce our church's resources from this grand, great task of taking the gospel to the nations. Either we believe every person needs Jesus or we do not believe every person needs Jesus. But Southern Baptist, people need Jesus and people need Jesus now. And this is why we should unashamedly and unapologetically call upon our churches to prioritize, elevate, and accelerate their giving through the cooperative program. Either we believe in the great commission of Jesus or we do not believe in the great commission of Jesus. I believe that we do believe in the great commission of Jesus, so now's the time for us to step up to this calling like never before. Now in conclusion... I am not one who blames Satan and his demonic forces for everything that occurs. Nor am I one who looks for a demon under each chair in a church. However, I am also not one who never mentions, teaches, or preaches on the reality of spiritual warfare. Why? Because spiritual warfare is real. The Southern Baptist Convention over these recent years is under major spiritual demonic attack. Not only from outside of our family, but much more concerning to me is the spiritual attack that we are under from inside of our family. I learned years ago, if Satan cannot get you to do the wrong thing, then he will get you to do the right thing in the wrong way. It's time for us to wise up, Southern Baptist leaders. We're in spiritual warfare. We are under spiritual attack. As well, it's undeniable, we are now reaping some of what we've sown through the years. And if so, guess what? Because you're Southern Baptist doesn't mean you're exempt from the consequences. We 
will face the consequences. But more importantly, if indeed this is true about any of this, then we need to step up, repent of our sin, and we need to get right with Jesus Christ. At the same time, we need to cease from this ongoing anger and dismal forecast of imagining the worst about ourselves about everything. Sadly, reading social media from Southern Baptists and about Southern Baptists is like reading the same about our country. We are thinking the worst about one another and imagining some ongoing conspiracy about whatever is the latest fad or blog post someone wrote about us in Christianity. Now to be candid with you, this is completely inexcusable. Regardless of your opinion or where you are about where we are and where you think we ought to be going, casting accusations and creating suspicion about a brother or a sister in Jesus Christ is absolutely unbiblical and wrong. And it ought to grieve us, each one of us here tonight. And you know, some say that our Southern Baptist Convention is going liberal. No, we're not. Yet, have we sent unclear signals at times which have escalated concerns? Yes, we have. And for the record, no, we should not do this. Unclarity about anything always creates confusion. But hear me clearly and accurately, especially if you're going to quote me. <laughs> we are not unclear about what we believe in our statement of faith called the Baptist Faith and Message. I have read our present Baptist faith and message through numerous times in these past months. It has not changed. And until it does change, it does not look today like a liberal document at all because it is not a liberal document at all. Do you know why? Because we are not a liberal Southern Baptist convention. Do threats lie? Before us as a convention, yes, they, they always have and they always will until the Lord returns. And this is exactly why we cannot let down our guard. And we must always be clear about who we are and where we, what we believe and where we are going. We cannot address these matters together by being divided, but only by being united. And we need to be known more for our cooperation not by our separation. And Southern Baptist, let's come together. And whatever it's worth, on my watch and leadership, please know, I will do all I can to contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered unto the saints. And for further clarity, our love for biblical truth is honorable and right. But it would do us well to love one another which lives out this biblical truth in our Southern Baptist family and before the world. Because if this doesn't occur, then we forfeit our right to lead and to influence others. Now I want you to lean in with me for a moment before we go. Because I want to be more than clear about this. Whatever problems we have today that need to be addressed. They need to be addressed in the right way by the right people, whether that is privately or publicly. Whatever is separating us and deterring us from the Great Commission must and needs to be dealt with now. And this is why I'm asking our executive committee this week to affirm the 2020 Southern Baptist Convention in Orlando, Florida to grant us an additional ministry assignment categorized as assist churches through elevating the ministry of prayer. What does this mean? Provide strategic leadership to lift up and 
promote coordinated prayer for spiritual awakening, ministry effectiveness for the completion of the Great Commission. I want you to imagine something with me tonight. With 47,000 Southern Baptist churches across the United States, with 1,100 Southern Baptist associations of churches across the United States, with 41 state conventions that serve all 50 states across the United States, with 12 national entities and the WMU across these United States, and with our Southern Baptist missionary force around the entire globe, coupled with Southern Baptist lay people working in business literally across the entire world, Southern Baptists ought to be the largest and most powerful prayer network and have the most effective prayer ministry across the entire world. And if we're ready to come together and see Vision 2025 realized, and if we really believe that we're called to reach every person for Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation, that it's incumbent upon us, each one of us tonight, to become a part of this powerful prayer network across the United States and the world. I mean, let's get real tonight. We need God more than ever before. And we need a touch of the Holy Spirit in our generation. And may we never forget, it was a 10-day prayer meeting in the upper room that preceded the coming and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, which in turn birthed the church where thousands declared faith in Christ and this gospel advanced and movement began and it's still going today until Jesus comes. And may we never forget and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Prayer precedes gospel advancement. And now's the time to pray for and lead towards this vision of reaching every person for Jesus Christ. In every town, every city, every state, and every nation. Holy God of heaven, we cannot do this on our own. And we appeal to you in the name of Jesus, would you do what only God can do? Would you create a hunger in the hearts of our people and all of our churches and all of us as leaders to do all we can on this watch to see God use us in a great way. And Lord, you've just called us to be faithful. So may we be faithful to the task until Jesus comes again. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.